pressure's a privilege, man. We want to run towards that pressure. We don't want to run from it. And we want to enjoy that and embrace it and, and, and fight through the struggle. With it. Hey guys, welcome into another edition of the Orange and Black Podcast. We continue our coverage of the Columbia Regional as Campbell heads down to Columbia, South Carolina to face off against NC State on Friday. Also in that field is the host South Carolina and Central Connecticut State. Today we are joined by Ben Upton of the 11.7 Podcast, longtime listener of the podcast, so we're happy to have you on. Ben, how are you doing today? Dude, I'm doing really well. And uh, Mr. Miller, you've been a longtime listener, a longtime follower of 11.7 and I am happy to return the favor to come on the show, and I'm excited to talk to you about some Campbell Camels baseball. Yeah, man, it's the most wonderful time of the year as we open up regional play tomorrow and the road to Omaha really gets going. So, Ben, talk to us a little bit about 11.7 and how it got started and how it's grown over the years. Yeah, so it started back in 2019 in January. Um, I was a former college baseball player. Uh, at Mercer University, just a mid-major school over in Georgia. And um, me and my buddy just started it because we felt like there wasn't enough mid-major love in the college baseball game, even though there was tons of talent and tons of really good teams. And so we kind of got it started just focusing on mid-majors for the first season or so. And um, then my childhood best friend, James, he needed to leave the show because his job just wouldn't allow it. So Dimitri who I'm co-hosting with now joined the show in 2020. And um, he was also a Mercer grad two years ahead of me. And, you know, he was already doing our graphics and video editing and things like that. And, you know, jumped on the pod and and him and I had really good chemistry there. So um, starting usually, like, let's see, starting in 2020 before COVID, we really wanted to do a whole national landscape similar to what D1 baseball does Uh, but put it into podcast form. And, you know, obviously the season got shut down. I was planning on not doing it in 2021. And then just some, you know, there's some crazy events that happened that, you know, maybe a sign from God or, or, you know, whatever it is to keep doing it. And um, it's grown a lot since 2021. And basically the, the form of the podcast is just a couple old ball players that, you know, locker room talk, maybe talk about stories that we had or connections that we have with the players today. And uh, just give give the audience a, an easygoing way to listen about what's going on around the country at all levels. So it's kind of the story there. Yeah, but it's definitely very entertaining. I look forward to it every single Monday mm-hmm. on my way to work. And then I kind of listen throughout the week and you get a yeah. lot of good little nuggets uh, of what's going on throughout the entire college baseball landscape in a fun way. Mm-hmm not mm-hmm. just uh, straight statistics and stuff like that and a lot of good stories. So you talked yep. about being at Mercer. Mercer is very similar to Campbell, um, kind of in their size. Uh, mm-hmm. They're in the SOCON. But before you at Mercer, you were a JUCO bandit yourself. Campbell has built their program through a lot of JUCO players. Talk about your time in JUCO, what you think the benefit of going the JUCO route is, and then how can that be a benefit for Campbell building their program that way? Right. And so back, you know, before the transfer portal and before you had to sit out uh, back when you had to sit out a year, if you were going division one to division one, everybody that wanted or needed to transfer 
had to go to junior college for a year and play after their freshman year instead of having to sit out and lose a year of eligibility. So that's what I did. I was at a small division one school in Tennessee, uh, Tennessee Martin, my freshman year had a really good year, but then we had a coaching change. Nobody was really invited back. And um, so I'm from Houston, Texas, born and raised. So I decided to go to Blinn Junior College um, where my best friend was going to school. They were just in the JUCO World Series. And it's completely different than going to school at a university because there's no NCAA regulation. So you can practice however long you, you want. Coaches have their hands on you from the day you step on campus in August all the way through May. So there's no dead periods or anything like that. You know, December 12th. You're out there practicing or hitting in the cages as a team. So you really do get to develop your skills um, every day you're in the weight room um, with, a, with a strength coach. And obviously the facilities aren't as nice, but you, you make it work. So for me, I loved my junior college experience because the classes were super easy. You didn't have to really struggle in school, right? Like you're not taking biochem too you're taking like intro to social studies or you know you're taking basically high school classes and so the classwork was easy you got to focus on baseball develop get bigger faster stronger and you see a lot of live pitching and at the junior college level you get a good mix of guys that throw really hard and have no idea where it's going so you see a lot of velocity uh, you see a lot of guys that were really good in high school but maybe didn't have the velocity to to make it to that division one level so they're 86 but they got three different pitches that they can locate and so every single day it's something different on the mound that you get to see so it really prepared me to get back to the division one level my junior and senior year uh, because if i would have sat out a whole year back then uh, for transferring there there would have been no benefit i couldn't really practice with the team uh, wouldn't even get a uniform or anything so uh, the junior college level is where like men are made. Like you, you get, everybody talks about the freshman 15 you get after your, your freshman year. Well, if you go to junior college after your freshman year, you're gaining like a freshman 25 because all you do is eat, sleep and baseball. So it, it was, it was a good time. And, and you see a lot of good junior college players now um, back at the division one level and they make an impact immediately. Yeah, absolutely. Where men are made and now you're a dad. So you're just really yeah. moving up in the world <laughs> and doing doing big things. As we move forward into regional talk, Campbell obviously was on the bubble of being a host and they kind of got shifted out. We saw on Sunday where they were slated to be a host in the latest predictions. And then it seemed like a some SEC schools kind of got mm -hmm. slid in there. What are your thoughts there? And what do you think that... Campbell did or didn't do that made them be left out from being a regional host. Right. Um, I, I made it pretty clear vocally on Twitter on, on Sunday night when the hosts were um, selected that I disagreed a hundred percent with the way that um, the selection committee chose those sites. A lot of it had to do with how Auburn, who was, you know, the seventh or eighth best team in the SEC gets slid in there at the 13 spot and they went. They didn't win a game, and or I guess they might have won a game in the SEC tournament. It doesn't matter. But I, I didn't think Auburn, Kentucky, or South Carolina, as far as recency goes, should have hosted. I mean, South Carolina and 
and Kentucky both lost, I think, seven of their last eight SEC series, which I don't think you can reward a team as a regional host for that. And I, I did have Campbell projected as a regional host. I really thought they did enough in the non-conference. And it's tough to have an RPI at 14 when you're playing a conference schedule filled with teams in the triple digits. You know, between 100 and 250, it felt like three-game series every week happened for Campbell. So th- it shows you how good their non-conference was and how good their wins were um, by having an RPI at 14. So I think there was a factor. I think if the NCAA committee would do it over again, they wouldn't have given a host to Kentucky because of all of that going on there with the staying in dorm rooms, no hotels within 65 miles. And I, and I think they would have given it to Campbell, um, even though Campbell wasn't hosting at their home field. Um, you know, what, how far is it there to Fayetteville? Maybe an hour or so? It's about 40, 45 minutes. 45, which is fine. I mean, it's fine. It's a beautiful stadium. It would have filled up. And, and you could have thrown um, any kind of Carolina team over there, and they would have traveled well. So I think if they would have done it over again, they would have probably left Kentucky off, even though their RPI was two. You're looking at a team that lost seven of the last eight SEC series, um, and and they didn't have really the requirements to host a regional with the lodging and um, and surrounding area. So I don't know. I mean, Campbell got Campbell got screwed over a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's just going to add to the chip on their shoulder that they've already been playing with for the last two or three years. Um, these kids don't care. They they just want to play ball. Yeah, but it is a bad uh, weekend to be a visiting fan to the Lexington Regional, but a great weekend to be an Airbnb host in Lexington, oh, Kentucky, because you can, you can jack up those rates and get oh, those yeah. beds filled. Yeah. Um, as we move down to the Columbia Regional, in your latest podcast at 11.7, you picked South Carolina to win. Dimitri, your co-host, picked the Camels to win. So we have mm-hmm. a little bone to pick with you. But what what are your thoughts there on why you pick South Carolina, and then talk about what what does Campbell have to do to win that regional? Right, yeah, it, it brings up a really good point, and and usually Dimitri is right. Like I'm kind of the wild card in the podcast. Like I like to look at things in different perspectives, and there is an on, ongoing joke the last two years in college baseball of the Ben Upton jinx. My jinxing ability is crazy. So uh, if you're a Campbell fan, like it's probably a good thing I didn't pick you, and that Dimitri did. He's just way better at picking series and picking wins than me. So, but my reasoning for why I actually like South Carolina this week is because as a player, when you when you're going through team struggles or maybe even individual struggles for three, four, five weeks, like like South Carolina has, it it's always good to hit a reset button, right? And and when you enter regional play, everybody's zero and zero. Yeah, O and O record. Nothing before it matters. It's just what's going to happen on the field. And we saw signs of greatness this year from South Carolina. They they won a series against Clemson, two out of three. Uh, they had some big SEC series, or SEC series wins. And there was a period of time where they were the number one team in the country. So I'm kind of banking on the reset button for them, get back focused. They're at home. And it's going to be hard to beat that team twice. Now, We'll figure out in game one. I mean, they, they have a pretty easy game, game one. But if they struggle in that game, I mean, all bets are off. I mean, they're not going to win the regional. But I think if they go out there and dominate game one, they'll feel confident game two. And it'll just be tough to beat them twice. Um, the uh, For Campbell, like how they can win this regional, all, I mean, it all banks on game one. Uh, I'm assuming Cade Kuehler's starting. 
And I mean, he's one of the best in the nation. And he was one of Team USA's best pitchers last summer. And and it's awesome that he stayed and um, you know built his draft stock at Campbell versus entering a transfer portal situation. It really shows you what you know what kind of program Campbell runs there with Coach Hare. Uh, everybody's bought in. Now, the first game of the regional against NC State is is tricky because NC State's talented. They they severely underperformed this year. And last year, they got left out as the last team or first team out of the postseason tournament. So they're going to be playing on a ch- with a chip on their shoulder as well. They were kind of on the bubble this year. They didn't know if they were going to get in or not, despite a really high RPI. Um, they got in and kind of the same thing with South Carolina. I mean, they're O and O start this regional. So they feel fresh and um, they're, they're a really good team. So Campbell has to win game one with, with Kuehler on the mound. And then it, from there, it's just a dog fight. You gotta be, you gotta be gritty. You gotta win the big moments. You gotta keep the founders park crowd out of it. And, you know, Campbell's been doing that in big games all year. So, and they, I mean, they have a really good shot. Yeah, we've seen it all year with the Camels where when their pitching is even competent, uh, when mm-hmm. you get past Cade and their offense does what it can do, that it is a really dangerous team and they can beat just about anybody in the nation, anybody in the nation. And we will see what happens this weekend down in Columbia. You touched on Cade Keeler, uh, and the matchup against NC State tomorrow. Campbell has to pitch Cade in that game, right? You want to go one and oh and get to that Saturday winner's bracket game, right? A hundred percent. It it changes the the landscape of the bracket so much because you lose game one, you got to win four straight games in in two days for the most. Oh, I guess that third the the second championship game is usually on the uh, like that Monday. So I mean, let's just say four games in two and a half days, and that's really tough to do. And you know, there are teams out there that are not good enough to win regionals that will throw off. Like they will throw their number two, saving their number one for either that, that winner's bracket game or the elimination game. There is strategy for that, but Campbell's good enough offensively where if if you throw Cade game one and he goes out and shoves and you win that game, your offense against South Carolina's number two, it, like you can still win that game no matter who's on the mound. And, and dude, grant, granted, like, Campbell has really good arms other than Kate. Like there are guys out there that are, you know, power five arms at this school. So uh, it doesn't make sense for Campbell to throw off for me. Uh, it would be a huge risk if they did. Um, but a team like, like a, uh, let me see. I, I was looking at the bracket earlier today. I found some examples. Uh, I don't have my notebook, but there are teams out there, maybe four seeds or, or lower three seeds, like a Charlotte or, whoever that could throw off knowing that their only chance of winning the regional is if their number one starter goes in game two against that one seed, assuming the one seed wins, because then you have, if you win the second game, you got to be beaten twice before you win once in that regional championship. Yeah. We saw that with Campbell a couple of years ago down in the Greenville regional when they played Mm -hmm. ECU, they won the first two games and then they only had to win one game. Yeah. To advance to the supers and they just ran out of arms and ran the out. difference between this Campbell team and teams of past is Campbell has the depth in the bullpen. You saw in the For sure. big South tournament where they didn't even throw Ty Cummings. They didn't throw Cade Boxrucker. Mm-hmm. And when you have a guy like Aaron Rund who can come in and is touching 97 in his sixth <laughs> inning out there on the mound yeah. and can give you six innings and shut down a game. 
Um, that's huge there. So we'll see if Campbell can get through those first two games and kind of taken their mold of the lessons they learned in that Greenville Regional. They have completely revamped their team and their pitching staff to be able to mm-hmm. cater to this moment and to regionals and being able to get in that position to only have to win one game on Sunday or Monday come regional time. And we'll see that down there this weekend in Columbia. Looking past the regional this weekend, what are the chances that the Camels make it to Omaha for the first time ever? So looking past the regional, I mean, they do get a, let's say Campbell wins this regional. They do get a tough draw in having to play Florida, assuming Florida wins their regional uh, in the super regional in Gainesville. Um, I will say this, like sometimes Florida lays an egg in their own regional and they don't advance out of it. I don't see that happening because I think they got the easiest regional with UConn as a two seed and then Texas Tech as a three seed. And Texas Tech just hasn't won very many games at all away from Lubbock. Um, They're a really good team at home, but once you get them away from Lubbock, they're not very good. And you get Florida A&M, who, in my opinion, and I think a lot of people would agree, is the worst team in this tournament um, as the four seed. So with, with Florida very likely to advance, the matchup there in the Super Regional is really tough because you get three first-round draft picks Friday, Saturday, Sunday – um, coming from Florida's, you know, starting rotation, and that that's that's tough to do. That's something Campbell hasn't seen this year. You can beat one of those guys, I think, but to beat them twice is really a challenge. Like it would be more of one of those one or two of those Florida starters just not having their best stuff. Um, but I mean, we've seen crazier things happen. I've been doing deep dives into previous tournaments all the way back to 1999. In fact, me and Dimitri went just for fun yesterday, looking at four seeds that have advanced to super regionals and made the college world series. And like even a four seed is made has won the whole college world series back in 2008. And we're talking about a Campbell team. That's a two seed RPI 14 has a ton of postseason experience going back to um, even last year. And that Tennessee regional was, was a tough environment and they hung right in there. So, I mean, it's it's definitely possible. Uh, Campbell is a talented enough team. It would not be a Cinderella story by any means, um, just because of the way that they've proven, not just this year, but in previous years, how good that program is. Um, I think if you're Campbell, though, you would have probably preferred to maybe be matched up with a different team in a super regional, like maybe an Oklahoma State or an Indiana State, um, you know, even like a, a, a Kentucky or something like that, other than a Florida, a Wake Forest, or an LSU, Arkansas, Vanderbilt. Those are the teams you kind of want to stay away from in a super regional format. Yeah, Campbell fans want all the smoke from Indiana State, as you can probably see on Twitter. Yes. There's a little bit of of, uh, animosity there, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. You get a chance to play baseball in the postseason, and if you're a Campbell fan, you need to take care of business this weekend in Columbia and then pull for UConn or Texas Tech. Preferably Texas Tech, because then if Campbell was to win, it would be a super regional host. And that goes back to that 2019 season where Campbell had a chance to, if they would have won, the regional they were paired up with was the uh, Louisville regional. And at the time, Illinois State was in the same position. So Mm -hmm. I was working at Campbell at the time and our uh, associate AD, he was actively putting in a bid for a super regional host at Mm -hmm. the time. And you think about it, if you're looking at a two-team 
a three-game series as opposed to a regional, maybe you can do that in Bowie's yeah. Creek and have it at your own home ballpark as opposed to having to cater to four teams as a whole and all of their mm-hmm. fan base. So something to keep an eye on. But what really matters is taking care of business this weekend in Columbia. Ben, thank you for joining us. We are looking forward to an exciting weekend of baseball across the nation, specifically down in Columbia, South Carolina. Tell everybody where they could find your work. Yeah, it's just um, at 11.7 on Twitter. Uh, we tweet out all of, all of our podcast links. And then you can just search 11.7 and Spotify or Google or Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your stuff. And then um, this year we did build a website. So we have 11.7.com. And uh, we've just been trying to fill it up this year, lay the groundwork, um, you know, pour the concrete. And it's turned out really good. I, I, I love our website. And it doesn't have all the content that we want on there yet. But next year, it's going to start um, really upgrading, and, and we're going to be able to add a lot more stuff there. So, um, But, yeah, man, I'm really, really excited you asked me to come on. Um, I didn't even hesitate. I have two other podcasts I'm getting on later today, and uh, that's why I was happy to see you say, like, hey, can you come on at 1130? Like, yep, let's roll. So um, I will be rooting for the Camels, even though I picked against them. I'm a mid-major guy at heart. I want to see these guys do good and get to a super regional, get to Omaha, and um, they're definitely talented enough. So we'll, we'll see. Well, Ben, we really appreciate from me and all of our fellow Campbell fans, all of the love that you've given the Camels all year and just the work that you do and supporting the mid-majors uh, is something <laughs> that was missing before 11.7 came along. And that's awesome. Speaking of 11.7 and their website, you can head on over to their website. They have a shop. They have an awesome 11.7 <laughs> uh, Camels t-shirt there. So yep. if you're looking for some merch as Campbell hopefully advances to the Super Regionals or you want to gear up and be ready for next year, head on over there and grab that for you. But Ben, we That's really right. appreciate you hopping on. If Campbell does win the Regional and they know that and our fans know that you picked against them, just watch out for your mentions on Twitter because <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it. You, but that <laughs> wouldn't okay. be a first for you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm okay with it. If it happens, good. I'm I'm glad to play the uh, the dumb guy in that role. That's That's what I do best. So um but yeah man thanks thanks again for having me on and uh you know go campbell yeah thanks man for ben upton from 11.7 i'm andrew miller thanks for tuning in to another edition of the orange and black podcast and go camels pressure's a privilege man we want to run towards that pressure we don't want to run from it and we want to enjoy that and embrace it and and fight through the struggle